Hey you guys, are you ready for the best show in the Pacific Northwest? Here's my dad to his boyhood hit and friend. What's going on you guys? Episode 71, the Ron and Don Show. He's Ron, I'm Don. Thanks for stopping by, we appreciate you. We're live from the shores of the South Lake Union. Beautiful, sunny Seattle today. Not used to saying that. Don't forget, everything's at ronanddon.com. If you need some help, if you're on a real estate journey, we'd love to join you. Ronanddon.com and click on, you'll see two guys there in their aviator real estate classes. Click on them. Uh, that's us. And chances are, buying, selling, investing, we can help you. Or click on the radio microphone and you'll see a list of how you can support the show and all the different episodes. Uh, you can also get signed up for the newsletter. All that stuff, you guys, again, is up at ronanddon.com. And thanks for supporting the podcast. More people listening now to this podcast than ever listen to us on Trusted Radio. And lots of folks listen to us on Trusted Radio. So thanks to the hundreds of thousands of people that clicked yes. And they said, we love being a part of the Ron and Don Nation. Uh, coming up, Steve Jobs, when he died, how could his brain be 27 years old when he was well into his 50s we'll talk about that and then also a little bit later and this is a little bit later uh we are going to talk about screen time and how screen time for you and your kiddo it's not all the same and it's really not before we get to that let's get to this a lot of people out there searching for love whether you're doing it on tinder or whether you're doing it on match or whether you're doing it on bumble Uh, And some new research out says the app that you use, it does make a difference if you're looking for an LTR, a long-term relationship, right? Yeah, this found interesting. This uh, They outfit Civic Science, and I I like to read their website. I get the newsletter, and they always have some really interesting polling going on. And so what they were looking for in their polling is like, okay, you have all of these different apps – and so, A, how, does the, how do these things break down by popularity? How do they break down by age? And then also, how do they break down by the end result? And so, the, going with the assumption of, if you're on a dating app, you want to date. Like, that's what the, their premise was. And so, they're like, okay, how do they break this down? And so, they like to do these polling just to see about general awareness into a marketplace. They do this with all sorts of brands where it's like, uh, let's say streaming uh, services. Like, okay, what, you know, how many people even know about Disney streaming or about Hulu or whatever? So they'll do these different polls along brands and uh, they did this for um, for dating apps. And so what they found uh, is kind of obvious, but there was a couple of surprises in this. And so the Tinder group owns a lot of different apps. And so when you go out uh, and you're on, I, I don't know them off the top of it's my okay, head. It's okay, Cupid, Chicken of the Sea, they have all the... Right, they, they, they they own, bagels they, and coffees they and own, all that. Yeah, they own like seven So of they them. have a whole group. They tried to buy Bumble, and Bumble was a group of women that broke off. They were in the dating app industry, and they found some things that they didn't really like. And, and so it, they're like, we're going to change things up. We're going to create an app where women have more control 
Tinder, the Tinder group tried to sue them over the swipe technology. They're oh, like, no, we, we are the ones that came up with swipe right, swipe left. Oh. Bumble spent a lot of money with their lawyers and they were able to say, no, this, that's kind of a generic thing now mm. of swiping. So you don't own the direction of the swipe. And so then Tinder tried to buy, after they couldn't sue them out of existence, they tried to buy them. And Bumble's like, no, we don't want any part of that. And so they, they're sort of rivals in this space. And so then you have other outfits like, like Match.com, eHarmony, eHarmony's thing obviously had the octogenarian guy that's like, we have 7,000 metrics of compatibility and you take this big personality profile. And so they went through and they broke all this stuff down. And so when it comes down to the sheer numbers, Tinder leads the pack 17% of US adults, which is an incredibly big number that of people. Use, that use Tinder? Or 17% have, or have you, of uh, all adults have used say Tinder. they've used or intend to use Tinder. Okay. So that's a huge number. When you think of that many people that are married, yeah. and so it's 70% of adults, I'm trying to do the math, if you have 300 million people in America, let's say half of them are adults, 17% of them have then said, I'm going to or I have used Tinder. Yeah, when I was in the dating pool a number of years ago, I used Tinder my experience with that was you would have a lot of people ask you if you were really single, uh, if you were married, and then they would want you, if you were going to go meet with them, do whatever, they want you to somehow verify uh, that you really were who you were. Because I think there's and a Tinder l- does that now, I believe. They do, okay. Where they make you verify. Yeah, because I think there was a lot of catfishing, uh, oh, yeah. a lot of catfishing going on through that app, through Tinder, and through Grinder. And for me, I, I didn't have any 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 success with Tinder at all. And so Bumble and Match uh, are behind with 15%, and eHarmony has uh, 10% of saying people are going to try that. The younger you are, the more likely you are to use Tinder. Hmm. So that makes sense. Uh, if you are, are um, like a Gen Z, you're going with Tinder. 60% are, are more than millennials. So Gen Z, you're 60% more likely to use it than millennials. And so now here's the, the thing that is interesting. The biggest difference is on the, along the gender gap. On Tinder, men outnumber women by 38%. Hmm. And so if you are a woman uh, and you're on Tinder, you are a hot commodity. But I think women get on and off these dating apps. The women that I know that use these, they get on. Most of them are looking for a long-term relationship. They're not looking for a hookup. Uh, they meet someone and, and, they, and they jump off. So there may be as many women out there using the app, but uh, I think men probably stay on the app longer. Here's the thing that surprised me. Uh, If you actually want to have a relationship, though, um, and I don't know if I told you, do you want to guess which app has the highest success rate of actually having that the, you meeting up and then having what you would call a boyfriend or a girlfriend. Yeah, you told you told me, and I was a little surprised by this because I thought it would be eHarmony. Uh, I, a number of years ago, again, tried to fill out an eHarmony profile. You're basically writing a book. You yeah, spend so much. much time. It, it's too much. It, it costs money. And I'm like, I'm out. So what I ended up doing is joining Match you have to spend some money for that. You still have to fill out a profile. And I actually ended up in a long-term relationship with somebody that I dated for a number of years uh, that I met on Match. So I had some, I, I had success on Match. And recently, I've tried Bumble. I find the quality of the women that are on Bumble, because they have to contact you first, as long as your pictures are current. They're concerned, because a lot of men, you, 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 you can take your pictures 
from Facebook or your social media channel and you can incorporate those onto Bumble. And again, the woman has to contact you first in order to start a conversation. They typically want to know because they've gone out with these guys. It's like, is this your son or is this you? Or are these pictures 10 years old? And also, why do all your pictures, either you're at the wheel of a boat or you've just murdered a fish? Right. Yeah. So uh, Match.com had the highest success rate. 61% of people who met their boyfriend or girlfriend did it on Match. When you're talking Tinder, it drops to 41%. And so... Uh, it, what, about, what about Bumble? Is Bumble in there? Bumble, it didn't give you... Uh, it didn't give us a number on Bumble. Huh. It said uh, it's lower for Bumble and eHarmony. So it's below 40%. I think Match might be because you're, you're paying for that. Men have to pay for it. Women have to pay... At least I did when I did it a number of years ago. You're, you're paying. And typically when you're paying... You, you pay more attention to that, right? You're not reflexive. You're like, okay, I want this thing to work, so I'm going to get it. Because if you're on any of these dating apps, it's a job. It's a job to sit there and write back and forth and to go on a first date. It's it's a it's kind of a hassle. And then at some point, you just kind of quit. So I, I have been uh, on some dating apps trying to meet someone. And I went through a long-term relationship, and I had to go through kind of a healing process, which I've gone through. And I decided... Are you on FarmersOnly.com now? You know what I decided? I'm going to do it the old-fashioned way. And I'm going to start just walking up to people that I want to meet. Because I do this in my everyday life. So why shouldn't I do this in my daily life? I'm just going to go up and start talking to them. I'm on a plane. Flying back from Maui. I see her on the beverage car. I'm like, you know what? Flight attendant? Yeah. There is... Some chemistry going on right now. Wally is 93 years old. He's... he's we're, we're in row six together. Wally's on the aisle. He's acting like he's hard of hearing. Come to find out, not that hard of hearing. Wally's going to be my note passer. G-Force O'Neal, next to me. I'm going to wait for a moment where he's sleeping because I don't want him to see the old man possibly strike out here. I'm writing a note. I'm talking to Wally about it. Can I ask what your note was? He's giving me some coaching on on the note. Please check box for the note. I'm going to come back. I'll tell you about the note. I'll tell you about the Wally assist. And I'll tell you what happened with the Alaska flight attendant. I'm sure she never gets hit on. You know what? (laughs) Exactly. I'm not using Tinder. I'm not using Bumble. I'm not using Match. I'm going old school. I'm using Miles. That's right. I found out you have to be really careful when you pass a note to somebody in the flight crew on a plane because you can get yourself in a lot of trouble. We'll talk about that next, only on the Ron and Don Radio Network. Ready for a great 2020? Take Ron and Don with you. Just hit subscribe. Hey everybody, it's the Ron and Don Show. Episode 71, the Ron and Don Show. Everything at ronanddon.com. Coming up, Steve Jobs. How could his brain be 27 years old uh, when he passed? Also, screen time. Is it the same when you're just kind of reflexively playing a game or watching Netflix? Does it say screen time? Lots of screen time. It's supposedly dangerous for us now, and our kiddos are supposed to watch out for that. Or can it be constructive? And before we get out of here, also, Paul McCartney, the song I listen to that he wrote every morning, uh, 
He doesn't write it every morning. I listen to it every morning. Yeah, I was going to say, he writes the same song every morning. <laughs> and I'll tell you why before we get out of here. It's been helpful to me, and hopefully uh, it'll be helpful to you. I was just telling we were ta- what we were, ta- we were talking about Tinder. We are talking about... Uh, yeah, some news uh, studies that uh, if you actually want a long-term relationship, Match.com has the highest success rate. Yeah. You know who I always think of is I think of Ron's boldness. Uh, and I think of years ago, decades ago, I think of the salad bar girl. And you saw a girl at a salad bar, and you wanted to meet her, and you came up with something really witty. And what was it? It was something about sampling, right? Do you remember the oh, salad bar girl? Geez, like this is six hundred years ago. I yeah. always remember your boldness, though, in doing this. And and I actually thought about that when I when I saw this woman yeah, on the plane, was, and I wanted to meet her. She was sampling. There was a no sampling sign, and so I just made fun of her and on the sampling, and we I ended up getting her phone number. You got a date this was back in the day when you uh, you had to have it had to be humorous. There were no apps, right? There were no apps. So 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 anyway, I tried I tried Match. I actually had a long term relationship out of Match, so that's been successful. I encourage people to do that. Tinder doesn't seem uh, to be for me. Bumble uh, is a little different. And I think sometimes when people are swiping uh, right and swiping left, uh, you feel a little disposable. It could, it could really get to your ego. And everyone knows I have quite an ego. So we, we get on a plane and we are flying back from Alaska and we have that six-hour flight. Hawaii. Or Yeah, on we're on Alaska Airlines. It, it, the, the flight seemed like we were alive. So we're, we're, we're on this plane and everybody is concerned about the virus. Everybody is concerned about the virus. Even the flight attendants, they're all wearing blue gloves now when they're serving you, pushing those carts. Uh, and so we get on the plane. I hear everybody kind of talking about that. And so I always, do you always meet the people that you're sitting with on the plane? I always like Depends. to, I like to meet them. And especially I like to know, uh, cause they're sitting next to my son and I want to know if there's something weird that's going to happen. If I accidentally fall asleep, I like to know who they are. So I'm sitting next to Wally. And Wally used to work at Boeing back in the day, and he used to work on the line. And he is sitting; he's like a guy from Maine, and he has the boots on, steel-toed boots, and he has on a beautiful red tie. He's just like me; he can't hear very well. So we're talking to each other like Wally and I, and we're having a conversation like this. And my son keeps going, "Dad, could you, Mister Wally? You know, could you keep it down? I'm over here." trying to read uh, the, the diaper journals. So that's another story for another day. I see, I, I see this flight attendant. And Wally couldn't hear. And he was trying to order some food. And he was having a hard time doing it. He's also having a hard time keeping it. He, he's old school, so he doesn't have teeth implanted. His, his teeth are kind of swashing around on him. He's pulling them out. He's putting them back in. He's got so, hearing aids. He has glasses on. He has a lot going on. What was it about this particular flight attendant that caught your eye? She was beautiful. She had a tattoo below her ear. And then I also loved the way that she treated him. And then I looked at the way that she treated everybody on the plane. She couldn't have been more lovely. She couldn't have been more beautiful, but she couldn't have been more lovely. And I said to myself, you know what I need to do? Because I've been, I've, been, I've been listening uh, to these pickup artists online on this really? pod. Yeah. Okay. And so I've developed this guy called the Aviator Guy who puts on his Aviator glasses. And you know what I found out? When Aviator Guy, like if you meet a woman on Tinder, Bubble, Match, or any of that, if you're too nice, they never write you back. If you're too nice. I love your theory. You can't, you cannot be too nice. You can't tell them yes, they're beautiful. You, can. you can't dedicate. Don't do that. You can't, do, you can't do any of that. 
You cannot do that. And, and all these all these pickup artists tell you you have to breadcrumb them. Do you know what breadcrumbing is? I know is? all this stuff. And do you know what breadcrumbing is? I do know what breadcrumbing okay, is. Okay, you're supposed to breadcrumb. You it don't depends give them, on who you, you want. You don't give them the whole loaf of bread. What's that? It depends on what you're looking for. Why are you laughing at me? Because you're in your 50s now. At least I'm trying. The breadcrumb is like trying. a 24-year-old. I'm trying stuff. What's oh my that? gosh. Anyway, so... Uh, you're going to do the nag and you do the breadcrumb. Dude, it's in your 20s, <laughs> not in your 50s. Well, what do you... So what would you say? What would you do if you're in your fit? Would you would you pass a note to a flight attendant on a plane? No, I would never pass a note. How would you meet Andrea then? Because her name's Andrea. What, how would you if meet her? I was on a flight from Hawaii. Yeah, and you're would, and you're on the window. You got a nine year old and you got Wally. It, I would, it would wait until she was done working. So I'm not going to interrupt her while she's doing her beverage service because yeah. that's she has to concentrate. And so she's either going to be in the front galley or the back galley. I'm going to get up. Yeah. I'm going to walk to the back. Yeah. And I'm going to talk to her. Okay. When she's not trying to hand someone a, a bubble up. <laughs> okay. I, do they have bubble up? I should have ordered some. So so we're we're there. Like, she doesn't have any time to deal with you. I know. So I'm writing her note. I get oh, done writing this note. I'm embarrassed for you. Wally sees me What's writing the note. Wally's I Wally, gotta know. Wally sees me writing the note. And I'm like, hey, Wally, hey Wally, I'm gonna write this note, and then I want you to hand it to the flight attendant. Huh? I want you to hand it to the flight attendant. Huh? The flight attendant! And, and my son is trying to sleep. So I get this note, and I write the note, and I'm like, you know what? Uh, I'm going to write, because everyone says mahalo or aloha when you're in Hawaii. I'm going to write uh, mahalo out, because maybe she's based out of Hawaii. So I write this note, and I give the note to Wally. And I'm like, hey, Wally, next time she comes by, could you give it to the flight attendant? So anyway, Wally helps me out, and he hands off the note to the flight attendant. Right. Problem is... Hands the note to the wrong flight attendant. Nice. Yeah. He hands it to the married flight attendant, who then looks at the note and is terrorized because she thinks that I have probably, Gowali and I, are probably terrorists, and we are going to take the plane down with the note that we're handing her, and she is terrified with the note. Now I'm trying to explain, hey, Wally, could you get the note, not the girl on that cart, the woman over on that cart over there? So Wally and I get it figured out. We get the note to the right flight attendant. How did this work out? I don't hear back from her. So then I get up to go to the bathroom. And there she, and I, I see her now, and she's sitting there, and I'm like, I'm so scared and intimidated, which I don't get scared and intimidated. You put her in an awful position because she can't get away. Yeah, she can't get away now. Uh, so such a bad move. I went to the bathroom and I came out, and she said, "Hey, thanks for the note." She goes, "Why didn't you just come back here and talk to me?" Exactly. <laughs> Who said that? This guy right here. <laughs> So did you get her phone number? I did. It's the Ron and Don Show. Oh, they're the Ron and Don Radio Network. Ron and Don are licensed real estate brokers with Windermere Midtown. Are you ready to buy or sell a home? Yeah, call my dad or his best friend, Ron. You should see them at an open house. They're hilarious. Here's 
my dad and his boyhood friend, Mr. Ron, and my dad, Don. All right, Ron and Don show episode uh, 71. You know, we'll get to screen time in episode number 72, but right now I find this uh, fascinating. Steve Jobs. And if you've never read the Walter Isaacson book about Steve Jobs, you should read it. Because the deal is this. When Jobs knew that he was dying, and of course, he's the founder of Apple, one of the founders, he went to Isaacson and he said, would you write my story? And Isaacson said, no, I won't write your story. I want complete access to everybody, including your daughter. And that was the hang up for Jobs. Because Jobs felt like he had been a terrible father. Well, he was a terrible father. That's and, why he felt like it. And didn't want didn't want people to know that. This is Lisa. Yeah. So finally, uh, as he was really facing that final stroll, he and Isaacson had a final stroll. Isaacson went to see him. Steve Jobs would always take these walks. This is where he would come up with things. And they say it's good to go on walks because your brain is a muscle, right? And when you're walking... It makes blood just kind of transform through your body and also transform and pump through your brain. And a lot of times, that's why we get so many great ideas when we walk. Isaacson Jobs, they go on a walk, and Isaacson said, stay out of it, which is really hard for Jobs to do. Stay out of it. I want unfettered access to everybody. And Jobs said, I'll do it. Isaacson writes that book. One of the best books I have ever read. Yeah, it is a very good book. Yeah. So this this article is out of Inc.com, and the the title it's a little clickbaity. When Steve Jobs died at fifty six, his brain was only twenty seven. They didn't actually do like an autopsy on Steve Inc. Inc. Magazine doesn't have access to Steve Jobs' brain. They're using him as an example. He didn't go to the Boston Brain Bank. Right. Yeah. As someone who meditates. And so what they're doing is they're tying together a uh, some new studies from Harvard Medical School uh, at Massachusetts General Hospital. And so there's all of these things. And I don't know if uh, you talked to your mom about this or I talked to my parents. Like my, my mom and dad both are really into puzzles. And so that's one of the things that they talk about as you age to have something to keep your brain activity going. They have apps that do this. Um, a lot of people play cards. You know, you, you look at like uh, Warren Buffett plays br- competitive bridge, hmm. him and, um, and, and uh, Gates. Bill Gates. That's right. Can you imagine you're sitting down in a tournament and, the, and Bill Gates and Warren Buffett sit down? They just go to random tournaments like in Omaha. Anyway, so like doing card games, doing puzzles, uh, doing some sort of activities to keep your brain sharp helps with the atrophy of the brain. It just happens as you age. And so one of the things they're finding with regular meditation uh, users is that it actually can not only slow down the deterioration of the brain, it can reverse it. And so they talk about uh, at around age 45 and beyond that your brain just starts to, to deteriorate over time. And by 60, there are usually obvious changes in the actual um, structure and architecture of your brain. And so when someone meditates 30 minutes per day, they uh, actually find a thickened of uh, part of the brain and, and a thickened hippocampus. And they go through and they talk about the technical aspects of the brain. But basically what they're talking about is if you are a regular meditator like Steve Jobs was, if you do this day in and day out, that uh, the finding here says meditation is so effective at repairing damage that it makes your brain 
brain as much as 25 years younger than your chronological age, in some cases, potentially even younger than that. And so it's just one of those other things where they can't, the meditation app that I use is from a brain scientist. Um, and they, they can't specifically tell you like X, Y, or Z. They can't go meditate for 12 minutes a day and it's going to do this for everybody. But what they can do is look at these meta studies like Harvard just did and say there is an overwhelming amount of evidence that says if you do this, and I know it's really hard for you, it's very hard for me. I did it today and I do the 10 minute one and I read this, I was like, God, I should do, there's a 10 minute one and a 20 minute one. I should maybe double it and go for the 20 minute one. But it is, it's really difficult, but it does help and give you clarity just yeah. for me it's kind of interesting and this isn't this isn't this isn't hyperbole uh this is an embellishment and believe me i can embellish uh with the best of them this is an embellish uh when i was just traveling with my child uh i heard him he was out by the pool he's sitting by himself and he was talking to himself and i want to give him some privacy because he's having a conversation with with himself and then when we were going to bed, we always have a little conversation before we go to bed. And then when we wake up, we have breakfast and we talk about our dreams, what we dreamed about last night. And sometimes when he's going to bed, he is just toast from the day, has nothing to say. And, and I asked him, and I tried, to do it in a, in, I tried to do it in a really sensitive way. I said, hey, I heard, because I didn't know who he was talking to. I said, hey, I heard you having a conversation out there. And I didn't know if he was praying or just, and I said, who were you talking to? And he goes, he goes, daddy, I was talking to myself. And I said, well, that's kind of cool. He goes, do you think I'm weird for that? I said, no. I said, I think that that is awesome. I said, why do you talk to yourself? And he sees me when he wakes up and I have my journal right here and I journal a lot, a lot. And that's kind of my my meditation is my journaling. And he said, he said, he put this, he put this concept together and my friend Joe and I were blown away by it. He said, you know how it is when you're, when you're journaling and you're writing things down, he goes, that's what I'm doing when I'm talking to myself is he said, I'm just in, and, and he didn't use these words, but in essence, he talked about, he was working things out. Here's what's interesting to me though. There's some new science out that says when it comes to meditation, if you have a lot of anxiety, to be careful about just meditating on something too much for too long because then your brain starts to loop. And the way that your brain is built is your brain is built to figure out problems. And let's say you are going through something and you have a problem with a coworker at work and you start to meditate on that. Sometimes your brain will sit there and loop on it and loop on it and loop on it when you're meditating. And then what it does is it triggers you to think about that through the course of the day, or let's say you have a weekend off and you're thinking about it through the course of the weekend. So instead of really letting it go, you start looping on it. That's why I do this. I journal in the morning. I say a quick prayer. Uh, I don't listen to any meditation app, so I think that that's awesome. And then typically I'll do some form of exercise and in my form of exercise, sometimes I'll do it uh, without headphones and music. Other times I just, I need to be reflexive or I need to fall into the day or I need to not loop and I'll turn some music on uh, and it's really helpful. There's a song I play uh, every day though that's super helpful for me and it's a song 
that Paul McCartney wrote when he was a younger Beatle. I want to hold your hand. Yeah. No, it's actually called Let It Be. And the reason he wrote the song is he was going through something very tough in his life. His mother, Mary, died when he was 14 years old. And so he wrote that song because his mom would come to him in dreams. And the way that he would meditate or the way that he would express himself is through the music that he would write. And he said, I heard him in an interview to this day, and he's into his 70s now. When he struggles, he's really going through it. He remembers his mom from the age of 14, and he sings that song and he soothes himself with Let It Be. Just letting things go, let it be, and my mother Mary comes to me. And the problem that I have with that song is my mother's name is Virginia. It would be cool if her name was Mary, but it's not. Virginia. Mother Virginia comes to me. Not the same. Just not the same. He's wrong. I'm done. I don't know why. Just seems appropriate. I'm going to go talk to us. We'll see you next time. Keep your head up your shoulders back. It's episode 71 in the books. I'm the Ron and Don. Page G470, brains of this operation, and the voice of the Ron and Don show. Well, that's it. Show's over. We'll see you next time on the Ron and Don Radio Network.